Are you ready to change your life, your mind, and change the way you see your world? Well, this is the Minds Gym Podcast with myself, Brandon Bickmore, your turbo lover. And here we go. Hey, listener, uh, we kind of left you hanging there, didn't we? This Danny Vrain story is uh, nuts. This is the Minds Gym podcast with your turbo lover. And this part two is uh, pretty neat. Thanks again for listening. And uh, you're in for a real treat. So have fun and enjoy. So the three days before the game, they basically kidnapped my friend. What'd they do to him? They just held him. Did they beat him up pretty good or just a little bit? They beat him up pretty good in front of me. What happened uh, at that point? And what happened the three days they had him? Three days they just kept him. His wife was hysterical. I can't uh, imagine. You know, couldn't go to the cops over there. I mean, the the owner was, as we found out later, was part of the, the, uh, the mafia over there, which a lot of the, you know, a lot of corruption, a lot of things. The last place you'd go is the police. So... At that time, we're going. What do we do? Well, there's not a not a doubt in the world. I'm going to play the game. I got to get my you know my friend out of this thing. Mm-hmm. So in the meantime, I go to the U.S. consulate uh, there in Athens, tell them the situation. Said, okay, I'm going to. My friend's being held. They looked up who's the owner of your team. Da, da, da. They looked him up and they go, oh, he's one of the most notorious crooks in the you know in Greece. You, you know, be careful with him. Da, da da da. Of course, we didn't know all this going into the deal. But uh, so anyway, made arrangements through the consulate to get on a plane right after the game, and I was going to be gone. So played that big game, and the minute it was over, got in a car with representatives from the consulate, and we went right to the airport, and that was the last I was in Greece. Flew out of there. So what, did you end up talking to your buddy? Yeah, he got released, talked to his wife. He was at the game. He was actually at the game. Oh, he was. With the bodyguards around him, and they said before, before the game, don't think just because you're playing that we're going to let him go. You got to win the game. Really? So a little, little added uh, pressure to make sure we won that game, which we luckily did. Wow. But uh, they did let him go after the game. You know, I saw a big the wife hug him, and everything was fine. We shook his hand, but I was out. You of there. saw that right after yeah, the game. Right after the game, he was he was uh, let go, and so yeah. all was good with him and. Wow. I was gone. And so did you talk to him after the fact, and how did they treat him that three days that they had him? They just basically said that they held him in a in a hotel. Yeah. They didn't hurt him anymore. No. But they didn't have a phone. He didn't have any. He was just being held. And wow. They were telling him what they were going to do to him if I didn't play the game, but mm-hmm. he was sure I'd play it, and of course I did. But uh, that was it. So I left. I don't even – I don't know if the team finished the season. I think they they played without an American the rest of the year. Chosich – uh, stayed on. I don't he think did. he ever got his money. But wow. uh, he, it's quite a deal. How about your buddy that they uh, were holding hostage? Have you had contact with him over the last 
I have. I have. Years. I mean, I did for a first when I lived in Italy. When yeah. I went from Greece, I came home. Was actually home for about a month, and then uh, got contacted by the Italian team. So I went over there and played in Italy for four more years. But mm-hmm. during that time I was in Italy, I'd, I'd contacted him and talked to him. Never saw him again, but really? just talked to him. It's a crazy deal. Yeah. Damn. So that was uh, that was the life over there in, in Greece. But and because of that. One of the things that was was interesting was that, uh, as I mentioned, I went to play an Italian team. An Italian team, you know, offered me a good contract to go over there and finish the season off. The only hitch was they had to pay the Greek team uh, a royalty, and that's what how it works over there in Europe is that whatever team you were on the year before, they own your rights. So... They can set, and you see it in soccer all the time, a transfer fee. They'll, they'll pay these guys, these other clubs, millions of dollars to release their player. That's their player. They own his rights. You don't become an unrestricted free agent. They own your rights. So even though that Greek team had didn't pay me, they own my rights, and they were demanding that this Italian team pay me, pay a million dollars for my service just to the Greek team. Yeah. And I was... Literally, I did not want to play because I didn't want that Greek team to get any money. Mm. But they said, you know what, you'll never play again because they own your rights. And, but after that happened, they, the Italian team paid it to the Greek team. They changed the rule over there from what I understand was a, a major milestone mm. that they uh, a team has to be – they had to, uh, to uh, verify – that a team was up on all its payments, and if a team had, did not finish paying that player, they lost their right to, re, to retain his rights. Yeah. Oh. So that was a, a good thing for the. That for was the, all after your deal. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So Italy actually wrote a check for a million bucks. A million to the bucks Greek to, team. to the Greek team. Damn. Yeah. And they paid you. No issues over in Italy, right? No, Italy was great. Everything was good there. Awesome. Loved loved my years over there. Um, I loved my years in the few months I was in Greece. I mean, it really did have all the promises, but I, we enjoyed that, and re, but we really did love Italy. That was awesome. Cool place. Who was uh, it mentioned in one article that after that Greece story, did somebody get shot and go to jail or something? The owner did. The owner? The owner got in uh, because he was in the, the, the mafia. It's one thing if you're in the mafia and you got money, um, but it's another thing if you're in the mafia and you don't have money. So I always wondered... The first few months when I was in Greece, our owner was at every practice. The owner ate dinner with the team every day. The owner was constantly with us. But any time we flew out of the country, he would go to the game. Just figured he didn't like to travel or what what the deal was. But the reason was was because he was wanted by Interpol. Once he got out of the, across the border, he was open game, and they were going to nab him. Mm-hmm. So he never traveled abroad. And we found that found that out later, but uh, he was paying off the authorities, paying off the protection, the Greek government, whatever they were protecting him. But once his money started dwindling, he couldn't make those payoffs anymore. Then they they let Interpol come in, and they had a big uh, search for him. They found him, and he was in a shootout, and he got shot, captured, and sent to jail. Do you know so, how many years he went for? I think it was five years when I heard. Wow. And I'm not sure if he died in prison. Um, 
he died shortly, either died in prison or shortly after getting out. Oh, wow. Yeah. Crazy story. Yeah, it really was. I don't think many people know about that. I know it was in the paper back in the day, but uh, not sure many people know that story in depth. Yeah, yeah, it was it was crazy living through it for sure. But yeah. So after the, your career, um, let's talk about your life a little bit. What did you did you when did you end up getting divorced? How far after? So I actually career? got divorced after twelve years of marriage. So it was after my wife and I, actually it was after that first year in Greece. Oh, really? Yeah. So you were single in Italy? So I was single in Italy. Hmm. Yep. Hmm. Yep. How was that? Oh, you know, it's, uh, no, it wasn't as glamorous as uh, you used to be married a long time. It was, it was different being alone. It was kind of hard to be alone in a different country. Um, met a lot of good people, a lot of good friends, but still you don't, you know, when you're used to having your kids around and mm. being divorced long distance, it's not like you get the kids every other weekend. So you would go the whole year. I, the kids came out and visited one time mm. during the course of the year. But so that was the hardest part of it. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I loved Italy so much. I just loved Europe. I, yeah. The thing about where I played in northern Italy was literally an hour in any direction. You could be in another country if you wanted to. I mean, Monte Carlo, I went there so many times, you know, it was like going to Provo. It was like, really? it was just that close. Yeah. Uh, Switzerland, Austria, just, I just loved every minute of travel and, mm. and exploring. In Monte Carlo, you just like restaurants, bars, casinos? Or, yeah. Or what, what were you doing for fun? Yeah, basically we just, it was kind of the thing where the American players, we got to know everybody. Every team had one to two Americans. And the neat thing about Italy was you'd play the games on Saturday and you didn't have to be back to practice until Tuesday morning. Hmm. So you you got out of your game. You'd have Saturday night, Sunday night, Monday, hmm. you know, to, uh, to travel or do whatever. So a lot of the times that we would, uh, all the guys would, okay, we're meeting in Monte Carlo. So yeah. that's where all the guys from different teams in, in Italy, just after the game, they'd just get on a train or get in the car and hmm. buzz up to Monte Carlo and all kind of gather at the hotel and hang hmm. out and have a lot of fun there. Perfect. Cool. Yeah, it was fun. Huh. Were you a big gambler? Did no. you hit the casinos at all? I did a little bit, but no, I'm not a gambler. It wasn't for you. That wasn't for me. Cool. Just kind of getting out of town and, you know, seeing that lifestyle. But the fun thing, funny thing about uh, the real reason we went there was there was a local Mexican restaurant mm. in Monte Carlo that was owned for some people from Texas. Oh. And man, it just, just a little slice of of home, you know, yeah. everybody's like, oh, man, this is authentic Mexican. You just don't find that over in Europe. Oh. So it was kind of kind of our deal. We'd go and hang out there and have every yeah. meal we could there. Cool. That's fun. I like it. Uh, where did you play? Where did you live in Italy? What city were you in? I was in Milan, just yeah. the outskirts of Milan. It was a, t- a town called Arese. Hmm. It's, you know, it's about like Sandy compared to Salt Lake City. Yeah. Uh, right next to the Alfa Romeo uh, factory. Um, had a pretty nice apartment. Um, you know, it, it was just a really neat uh, location, not really down downtown, but you could be downtown so quick. And cool. Milan is a city you can get around real easy and, you know, the history. And like I say, I just really enjoyed 
seen all the cultural things and, and mm. met some great friends and a lot of fun. In the last three or four months, I got a few buddies that travel a lot. Man, they like three or four guys have told me, I've never been to Italy. They're like, you got to go to Italy. Mm. It's like the best place in the world. Did, did you think that? I did. I, just, I really did. I mean, I, you love the food. The yeah. food is, if you haven't been to Italy, it's it's night and day different than American Italian. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we have some good authentic Italian restaurants here, but really they 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 pale in comparison. I mean, you eat, their normal cafe is the best Italian food. It's just, yeah. it is so good and I could, I could eat it all the time. But, so you love the food. Um, you know, was learning the language, you yeah. know. There were sort of uh, uh, neat things that there's so many teams in that area that had players. I mean, I got to, well, my last year in, in the, on that team, I played with Adrian Dantley. Yeah. He was my teammate. Pace Mannion and Thurl Bailey played in a town about 40 miles away. Daryl Dawkins was on a team that about 20 minutes away. Wow. Uh, Russ Kemp, um, uh, Russ Shaney and Tim Kempton. I mean, just so many good guys. Mm. And so we had some, uh, you know, any holiday, we would all get together, wives, families, girlfriends, mm. whoever. So it made it nice. Um, but the big thing was just being able to to uh, to travel and how easy it was and, and uh Loved having visitors from the states come over and and then kind of being a tour guide for them for play the game and then go out and yeah, see the sights. The world. So did you? Um, in, like the scenery is amazing too, right? Scenery is amazing. You've got the sea. Uh, I don't think the beaches are anything like we have here in the states, but the the landscaping around those you know the cliffs, the uh, spectacular. Uh, countryside the alps are right there i mean um, they're right literally lake como everybody's heard of lake como which is right on the border of switzerland and, and italy where all the mega movie stars live i mean that's right at the at the base of the alps it's just breathtaking how pretty it is have you been back been back twice um um so really, I, I should be, you know, I'd love to go back more, but uh, I haven't. But I've been back twice and, and uh, seen some friends and, you know, uh, just yeah, I, I can't get enough yeah, of it really. Cool. When you had that experience in Greece when they weren't paying you and all that, would you, you think that was one of the most stressful times of your life or was that not, not well, It was worst? really... Um, it was a combination of stress. It was a combination of um, a time in your life where you don't know what to do. You didn't know uh, where you turn for help. How to? How to? You just don't. I didn't know anybody. You don't call up an attorney. Your agents back here in the states—they don't know who to talk to. Uh, Really, all you had was the, the people that brought you there, and that was your ownership group. Well, that's who I was, you know, in the, the problems with. So he, he just had this emptiness or loneliness or, or self-doubt that what do you do? How do I get myself out of this situation? And, and so it was really a period of, uh, you know, my wife and I were going through tough times in. As I mentioned, we were, that's the, the year we ended up divorcing, um, so it was a it was a difficult, challenging time for sure. Yeah. Have you experienced that much stress since then? 
Uh-uh. Anything else that's no, nothing comparable. Problem. I mean, anybody knows going through divorce is hard enough, and then going through that with the team and and uh, your career. You know, when I I got on that plane after that game, I didn't know what I was going to do. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. know if I was done with basketball. Um, my wife and I had separated at that point. Do I go home? I mean, it, it's February. I mean, yeah. I've never been free in February of my life. What do I do with myself? <laughs> it was really a lonely, lonely time. In fact, I, when I, I left, the, got on that plane to leave Greece, I flew to Germany because I didn't have anything at home. And oh. I just got rented a car and went around Germany and Switzerland for about three weeks. And you were by yourself? By myself. Wow. Just kind of self-searching and, and uh, you oh. know, very, very difficult time. And, and I finally went home, and as soon as I got back in the States, literally I got a call about three days later from my agent that a team in Italy wanted me. So wow. I was back over there. But during that three weeks, of, of uh, it, was, it was a difficult time. So were you like, did you experience any severe anxiety or depression, or, or were you okay? I, w- I don't know. I wouldn't say severe. Um, I would just say, you know, I felt like a loser. I mean, I lost, I gave up my NBA dream. I lost my family. I didn't get the money I was promised. You know, what was I thinking? You know, so a lot of those just, uh, but I, I didn't have any, you know, suicidal thoughts or anything like that. I was fine. I was just, I was just going through a tough period. Damn. Can't imagine. It's like your whole entire world fell apart. Oh, man, everything. You, right? You know, here I was this, thought I was somebody special, and uh, all of a sudden I'm without a team, without a family, without a country. Like, what the heck have I done, you know? Isn't it amazing? It seems it's almost like the Tiger Woods story, you know? He's at the top of his game, and then all of a sudden the world just has a way of bringing you back oh, down to earth, doesn't wow. it? Wow. And I don't know if anybody misses that opportunity. Man, I'll tell you what, you, you it is humbling isn't even the begin to start. But yeah, you're right, Tiger Woods. There's nobody that fell harder than that guy. Right. And um, I think it's good for everybody to have some of those kind of times in your life right. and, and realize what how fortunate you are and make the most of everything. It also probably uh, helped in uh, kind of you know forming you into the amazing human that you are, don't you think? Are we a good man before that? I don't. I don't know if I was a good man or for him. I mean, I. I. I uh, I've always tried to treat people how I want to be treated and treat them yeah. fair. And and uh, I've seen. I've seen a lot of guys um, that think they're more than they are. You know, they're maybe basketball players or athletes or somebody, and they get a little full of themselves and they tend to to treat others beneath them or or not as good as them or and that always rubbed me wrong i yeah. just i never liked that i never want to be like that and try not to ever be like that so yeah you're a good man buddy i can attest to it you've you've sure been kind to me as long as i've known you well, you've always so been great to work with friendly yeah. i mean who would be nice to you i mean yeah. my gosh it was, uh, it's funny how our paths cross though it is huh yeah you're a neat guy. So tell me a little bit about your kids, like raising your kids, Danny. Is there any added pressure there with, with your first three or four kids to be in athletics, or do you just kind of let them do their thing? And you know, I'd, I'd never uh, pushed the kids at all. 
um, athletically. Um, my kids are tall, but they're not uh, as tall as me. For my sons are not as tall as me and won't won't be as tall as me. My daughters are fairly tall, you know, 5'11", 5'10". Um, they liked athletics. Uh, my one oldest daughter played volleyball and basketball at, uh, at Brighton High School. But, uh, you know, enjoyed it but didn't wasn't driven wasn't that was not her dream to be a go to college or anything like that mm-hmm. you know in sports um, I think my oldest boy um, I think he had some pressure he couldn't just go out and, and play sports without people expecting him to be great or mm-hmm. you know wondering why he wasn't you know great or this or that I think that put a lot of pressure on him to where he didn't maybe enjoy growing up and just being a kid. You know, some kids are driven to be, that's their dream, to be an athletic, uh, yeah. you know, person or, or, you know, go to college or be in the NBA or whatever. Some kids it's not. They just want to go have fun. Yeah, they'd like to be on a team, and I think that's how my, my boy was. But I really think that, uh, and I coached him a lot, and I think that might have even made it harder because the players on the team are, you know, why, why aren't you as tall as your dad? Why aren't you as good? What, what, what's the deal? You know, and it just, yeah. I, I found, I felt him getting out of, of uh, sports and not even wanting to do it because I think that underlying pressure was there. After he's out of high school, you know, he, he loves sports. He loves basketball. He's in pickup games, going to the gym. He's, He's thriving because at that point he doesn't have any pressure. He's yeah. not no expectations, and so I think it was hard on him. What's his name? Nathan. Nathan. And the other two kids were okay. Your daughter yeah, they, and your the boy? daughters. You know, they never really. Two daughters. Know, I have two older. Uh, One boy, and then your new boy. Yeah. So two two girls. Two boys and two boys. What about your son? You have now. Do you feel like you've raised him differently than you did the first three since you've it's your second go around? Definitely different in a sense of being there more. Yeah. I mean, I'm. I wasn't around. I was uh, from normal NBA life to then going to Europe and um, then going through a divorce. I mean, I, I missed a good chunk of my older kids' lives. Very difficult. That's a tough part of of uh, being in that career, and I feel mm-hmm. bad and and. Uh, so really raised this other boy just by the fact of being around and uh, being involved day to day and and biggest blessing in my life was to be able to be able to have that fortune to have a uh, another child late in life and and um, he 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 loves sports he's uh he got into volleyball of all things and just eats it up loves it and uh that's his thing is volleyball, and he's a junior now in high school, and and uh, he's loving it, loving it. Good for, good for him. Uh, let's talk about the church a little bit. You were raised in the LS Church, right? I was, and uh, it, uh, you're kind of like me. I don't know if the church was for you. Not a big fan. Yeah, you know what? It's not that I'm not a big fan. It's just like you say, it's not necessarily for me. I don't. Uh, I was raised. Uh, LDS, my family, my brothers and sisters, uh, very, very into the church now. Um, but I got, uh, I guess it was about college time that it, 
started drifting away and it just didn't have the impact on me. Um, never was any traumatic or any real reason that it just um, didn't do it for me. Yeah. I didn't, didn't see eye to eye with everything they taught. And uh, I think the big thing was, is it kind of you grow up into it and you're kind of taught to believe that if you're not LDS, if you're not Mormon, then it's not the other people are wrong. They're not in the truth faith. Whatever religion they're in, that's not the right one. Yeah. And so you have this inferior, you know, you're feeling that you're dealing with people that aren't, you know, living their life right. Mm-hmm. Well, getting in, into college and MBA and seeing the world, wow, I've met a lot of great people, <laughs> super great people, nicest, gentlest, kindest, you know, selfless people in the world. And what well, they were Catholic or Protestant or how could this be? They weren't LDS, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I was able to see that you can be a good person and have a different faith. Sure. And um, so that's kind of just kind of drifted away. I have mm-hmm. nothing but good memories of the my church uh, years. Mm-hmm. Again, my siblings are, are heavy into it. And, and uh, my daughters, my oldest daughters, are, are um, both married in the temple. Mm-hmm. Uh and they they stayed in the church and love it and thrive in it, and I'm thankful for yeah, that. Good for them. Yeah. Yeah, and you could also be a great person and have, like, no faith, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of good people yeah. out there. It doesn't matter what uh, religion you belong to. You don't even necessarily need a religion. No, no, you don't. So that um, being a good person. Being a good person, and that's our, that's our uh, true nature. It's really who we are, you know, is love and peace and kindness at, at our core so why do you need a religion to tap into your core some you, people really need to have you know, a, a presence at, at uh in a hands-on in, in whatever religion they have but some people just uh like you say find that balance and that love and that core and they're good people and some need a good foundation in the church some people don't yeah so here's a question you believe in god absolutely and then, do you believe in Satan? <laughs> Good never, question. That's huh? a great question. <laughs> I mean, there's definitely some evil, uh, tempting forces out there. Boy, Satan. If it's not Satan, it's something else has made me do some bad things over the years. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I, you know, I never thought of it that way, but I guess yeah. I do. It's a question I ask often because people never consider it. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> interesting. Me personally, I don't think Satan exists. I think you create your own heaven or you create your own hell, and it's uh-huh. got nothing to do with Satan. You know, I, right? I, haven't you we all that, sinned on this planet? Absolutely. Find me somebody that's never sinned one time. <laughs> that would be good luck on that one. So are we all going to hell? You know what I mean? No, no, you've been forgiven because you asked, uh, whatever. Hell doesn't even exist. Yeah. It's a story that the religions created to scare to scare you into living a good life. I hope there's life after death, though. Yeah. I really do. Uh, I believe there is, but but I'm pretty sure we're all going to the same place. Yeah. Well, you I... Know, I uh, we've all had our stuff. I um, look forward to seeing my parents again and all my loved ones, and it's just mm-hmm. hard to fathom that when our, we die on this earth, that's it. Yeah. You know, what? what? Yeah. There's got to be something else. You just there's hope so, anyway. Be. Yeah, I think so. But never thought about the health thing. You know, I think I've always thought, like you, that... We're all going to go to the same place. Yeah. I guess maybe there's a 
Yeah. I mean, here again, you, que- you treat everybody, Danny, really well, right? Pretty much as an equal. Try to. You're a pretty successful human being, been in the NBA, good-looking, handsome guy, and you treat people like gold. Well, well so is God going to get up there and say, oh, Danny, you go over here, and then, uh, Brandon, you're going over here because, uh, you know, Danny, you had too many beers, and, Brandon, you, you know, did who knows what yeah. as a kid. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah, it's hard. It's My hard God will judge everybody fairly, and that means zero judging at all. Yeah. Like, you know, we're, we're all human beings. We're down here to have an experience. And mm-hmm. how can you put people at different levels? Then God is judging you, and he's typically, you know, he says, well, come down here, and one of the commandments or whatever is don't judge, but yet we're going to go up there and get judged? Yeah. Does it make any sense? Yeah, it doesn't make you a break it sense. all down? Yeah. Like, no, come down here, have an experience, and we'll go up there and we'll all figure it out together, you know? I think people will feel bad enough about their own transgressions once they get up there and re- realize that they did some stupid things or bad things or treated other humans wrong. They'll have enough guilt on themselves. They don't need to be punished. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and we punish ourselves plenty here, don't we? Yep. Don't we all just do a little bit of self-beat up here and there when the world's not going our way? Yeah, for sure. You know, shoulda, woulda, coulda. Anyways, it's uh, that's just my thoughts. Good, good, uh, good point. I like that Satan thing. Never thought of that. Yeah, I just that's just religion trying to scare the hell out of you mm-hmm. into living a good life. I believe in. You know, I don't need religion to be a good human being. You know, yeah, just work out of your core, which is love, man. Yeah. My religion is love every human you meet and. And be honest and open with, you know, in all your interactions and all your business dealings. And Are you setting up a church here shortly? Yeah. In fact, a couple, my buddy, I told you we did the podcast a few weeks ago. I told him I'll only charge 9%. <laughs> you want to sign up? That's a bargain. <laughs> I know. I mean, that's awesome. <laughs> I told you my buddy got excommunicated. We were yeah. talking some of these similar questions. He's like, Are you starting a church? <laughs> Wow. No, but if I did, it'd be called the Love Church, and all you would do is go there and hang out and love. No judging, no nothing, just just show up and be loved. I actually run a group every other week. People show up, too, and we do a little group thing, and it's huh. the neatest place. Wow. Want to come and share and be open, be honest, and uh, learn how to better manage your mind. That's why I called this the Mind's Gym Podcast, mm-hmm. just like to... Talk to people, you know, what did you do when you went through a difficult time and, you know, to be able to manage, you know, these stories that we all run in our being brains and drive us, you know, all these stories and thoughts. That's what creates your world. Wow. Who would you be if you didn't have a single thought? Do you realize thoughts? (laughs) Do you realize thoughts create your entire world? So you didn't have a thought, who would you be? Nothing. I don't know. What would you... I don't know. Have you ever considered that? I don't know. Yeah. Because all your thoughts, when you're you're happy, you're believing a thought. When you're sad, you're believing a thought, and they're just thoughts. And not a single one of those thoughts are true. They're just stories you've created in your mind to create your day and to create your reality. Hmm. So without a thought or believing a thought, who would you be or what would you see? The air. I don't yeah. know. It'd be, so that's a great question. Crazy, huh? Yeah. 
Imagine that. So only a thought creates your reality. You're happy, you're having a good thought, you're sad, you're having a bad thought, but neither one of those thoughts are actually true. They can't be. This was a deep podcast. Crazy, I, yeah. I didn't know I was getting into this. I told you. I told you I was going to hit you hard. <laughs> see? Yeah, well, that's some good. Good. No, uh, just some thoughts. A um, couple more questions, and we'll wrap this up. Uh, um, what What's the biggest thing you learned from all of your difficult experiences? You know, you're a little bit older, gentleman. You got me by a few years. I'm sure you've been through the ringer on this planet. I got you by a lot of years. But yeah, a couple of years. But yeah. how many, you know, what, what What did you learn? Oh, you know what? I've, I've seen a lot of things. I've, I've got into, um, obviously, uh, a different field once I got done with playing ball. I uh, had to go to work for a living, get a real job. And, and uh, between my experience in basketball and Europe and, and the in life after basketball, you, you've seen a lot of good and bad in people, and it, it amazes me that that uh, some of the things and some that people will do to, to get an advantage or to, in their mind, succeed and what it takes for them to succeed, and that's taking advantage of others. Uh, I really, you know, some people are, are driven, which I, I commend uh, their drive, but to get to the top, to get the almighty buck, they they squash and do a lot of things to get there and i have never been driven by money at all um a lot of a lot of times i wish i had been um but uh you know i've just uh kind of lived day to day and and uh you know you want to you want to provide for your family but i just i've seen a lot of nasty stuff out there with with people that just absolutely go nuts over over making big money and, and yeah. whatever it takes to get there. Yeah, let you really know the money is the root of all evil, huh? Yeah. People I mean, will squash people just to get a buck ahead of their and the stress they're under partner. Oh my gosh, the, the the Yeah, they look like they have a lavish lifestyle, but a lot yeah. of these people are very stressed out in the, their life and and uh you know, are, they never seem content. They never yeah. Maybe on the surface they got it all, but man, I've just yeah. just uh, not that worried about it. I yeah. guess. Yeah, sit down and have a conversation with them and see who they really are. And they're usually never the person that you're seeing out here. And mm-hmm. most humans put on a facade, which I think we all do a little bit. But sure, and there's a lot of great people that have money, have found success, and have found a good balance. But yeah. uh, mm-hmm. and you don't have to you don't have to have money yeah. uh, to be successful by any means. Yep, I love it. Um, uh, who do you most admire on the planet and why? If you could pick one human. Mm. Alive or not alive? Wow. Wow, I've never really... Uh I mean, I it probably is just a cliche or a or a normal thought a lot of people have, but uh, I'm seriously so proud of my father. I can't even yeah. tell you what a good man I think he was. Lou. Yeah. Yeah, I never ever saw him lie or 
hurt anybody. He was a tough dad. But when I say hurt anybody, take advantage or mislead or or if he said he was going to do something, he'd do it no matter what the cost was. I just I admire him more and more. And he's been dead for about 10 years now. But I just... He is he's an amazing person in my eyes. Uh I think he had a little bit to molding had a little bit to do with molding the man sitting right here in front of me. Yeah, well he like I say, he wasn't always uh the easiest dad to live with, but you know, I think that that's our job as parents is to, to bring our kids up right and to hopefully teach them the right things to then teach their kids and so on and so forth and Tough love is not easy. Sure. And as kids, sometimes we need to have our our butts kicked once in a while to to uh, to do no right from wrong. And and uh, you know, my dad did that, but everything was met with with love, and everything was done with the right intentions. And like I say, he was the most honest guy I, I've ever known. Yeah. Hard to find nowadays. Yeah. You know, good honest human beings. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty neat trait that uh, he taught you. Um, what would you do tomorrow if it was your last day on this planet? Hmm. Hmm. What would I do tomorrow if it was the last day? You got one day left. Wow. What do you do? Wow, where do you start? <laughs> I I'd probably end up driving. It's been all I say driving to go to one place or another, but you've got to, I mean... Family. I mean, yeah. you got to be with your family, your kids, your loved ones. You got to. I mean, tell them how happy you are for them, and to continue their lives. And and uh, don't worry about me. But you know, just want to say goodbye and tell much yeah. you love them. But one day, that doesn't give you a long time. No, doesn't does it? It really doesn't. What's the one small act of kindness that you'll never forget? Who? Where do you come up with these things? These I all, just dream them up. These are all deep. Those are those thoughts you're talking about. Well, yeah. I told you I was going to hit you with a couple <laughs> good ones. <laughs> One act of kindness. I'm not going to give you all these easy basketball questions, Those softball man. questions. We oh. want to see what you're really about away from the NBA. Mm. Oh, there have been so many great people that have helped me along the way. You can even share a couple if you've got a couple. I just, I mean, I, I just think back of the selfless hours that, that people have done to, to help me along the way that at the time you just took it for granted and, and you look back and, and I don't I'm a little blank right now but I, I just know there's been how many people have helped me along the way that I never truly appreciated or thanked them or um, and I, that's really what I want to be known for more is, is the little things and helping somebody out without receiving anything for it just doing it because that's what we're supposed to do because it feels good yeah right um i i wish i had something to specifically share for you on that but oh you're good um there's a, gives me a thought there's a lady i follow danny that if you listen to the podcast you're here you will hear her name often but her name's byron katie and she says next time you do a good deed for somebody do it without the expectation of a thank you. And she says that's real service. Mm. You know? That's a good do point. Do it because you want to and yeah. not that you're looking. And also she recommends you do a lot of good deeds without telling a single soul you did it. Mm. 
because then you're doing it for you. Mm-hmm. You're not doing it for the glamour or the admiration or the approval from others. Mm-hmm. Do it for you and nobody else. Yeah, I think that's good. That's really good because everybody, you know, we don't necessarily expect recognition, but we all seem to think we need at least a thank you. Yeah. And uh, it goes beyond that, yeah. like you say. I think that uh, that's a good point. Yeah, if you're doing it and you need a thank you, you're not doing it for the right reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're doing it for the thank you. Mm-hmm. You're not doing it for the soul. It's Lady Sharp. What's her name? Byron Katie. Byron Katie. She has seminars down in California. She teaches. I've been to four or five of them. She's got all these books she's written. She's got a worksheet. We, you and I haven't talked for three years since I sold my business, yeah. but... Uh, I could say her worksheet saved my life. Mm. That's how amazing the the lady is. And now I'm sharing it with the world. I've been uh, mentioned the other day on another podcast, but I'm working in a rehab facility, Mm. assisting people with their addictive behaviors and personalities and thoughts. Uh And I don't know. I think I found my groove. Wow. I think I'm better at working with human beings than than I am at selling doors and moldings. (laughs) Oh, you were good at that. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. You had a successful business, and you always were just calm and, and uh, collective and easy to work with, and that's why we enjoyed working with you. Yeah. Not many people know the last four or five years, though, I was dying. Wow. And I was good at hiding it. Wow. You know what I mean? Pretty good actor when I need to be. Uh-huh. So, yeah. And who wants to go out and share that I'm upset, I'm anxious, I'm depressed, I'm having suicidal thoughts? Yeah. Who, who, you don't go and share that with the world, right? Yeah, that's true. It's just not what we do. But I've tried to create a space where now people can come and share and be able to say that. And, hey, let's, let's, let's find you some help. Cool. You know, so it's been a neat cool. thing. Um, what's the best thing that's ever happened to you? Oh, the best thing are my kids by far. I mean, everybody says that, but I mean, just your your legacy, uh, your flesh and blood, and to see that what their lives have become, and and how they raise their children, and and uh, oh, by far, and and especially this last boy that um, I have a lot of guilt and regret about my older kids not being there for him, but I I uh, to have that blessing to get a redo yeah. on this last kid, pretty yeah. pretty cool. It's good for you. Yeah. Um, uh, with that being said, the, the regrets and not being around for your kids and all that stuff, uh, um, I love another thought is if you argue with reality, you'll lose every time and going back and looking at the past and having regrets or woulda, shoulda, coulda, that creates a lot of, little bit of depression and pain or whatever, but understanding that the way that went was exactly how it was supposed to go. Mm. You know, but sometimes we'll mm-hmm. go back and go, oh, 20 years ago, I wish I didn't do this or what it, you know, it's yeah. it's creating violence to your soul by wishing something would have gone different than it actually went. And when you can kind of move on from the past and understand the past that, hey, you know, your kids are fine. Yeah. They grew up. They're healthy, right? Good kids. As long as you learn successful. from the past. Yeah, you learn from the past, absolutely. Yeah, but I, I can And then see know that. to do better, you know. But you just know a lot of people hold on to grief. I mean, I've, I meet with Danny people one-on-one all the time. I met with a lady who was 75 years old. and Something happened to her when she was 10 years old. She's packed it for 65 years, and it's nearly destroyed her. Wow. And after we went through and processed that, she, she let it go, and she goes, I had no idea that I was holding on to that for this long. And all sorts of health issues, wow. um, you know, 
nearly died, you know, because her thoughts were so heavy and just be able to move on and understand that, you know, God's got his hands in everything and he's, he's working reality. So God was working that for you back in the day, although you weren't there with those kids every day, it, it went exactly as planned. Hmm. So don't argue it or, okay. or you'll suffer. I can live with myself then. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Because yeah. we've all had stuff in the past that we've struggled with. Mm-hmm. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have done that. But all that does is keep you in the past, and it, it keeps you from yeah. being really happy in the present. Yeah. And the past is gone. What are you going to do about it? You can't do a thing about it. Nothing. Just be a better human being today. Mm-hmm. You know? Kind of. Anyways, it's what that's I do good. now. That's good. To a lot of people. So... Uh, Last question. Your number one passion right now on this planet. What do you love to do? What makes you tick? Oh, well, there's all kinds of different little passions, but the thing I really love to do is, uh, you know, I, I, going back to my, my roots and my, my uh, best memories as a kid were camping with my, uh, my, my family, with my brothers and sisters, my mom and dad, my cousins. And uh, it seems like you get a little older and you want to, you make a little money, you want to have nice toys, you get a a boat or a trailer or a travel and just go on this. You know, I really just love the simple things and the outdoors to me just, it really does it for me. I just love nothing more than to go up in, in the Uintas or the mountains or whatever and just be in there you know if it's fishing great if it's hunting love it but just just the feeling i get from being outdoors yeah it's kind of mother nature yeah Mm. there's a connection there that's special Mm -hmm. not a lot of people realize or maybe they do but uh, you get out there and away from the world and you can just kind of be you know you don't have all the distractions Exactly. The only it distraction is, you have is the tree in front of you. Yeah, the phones are off. The phones are off. You don't smells have to, good. You're away from whatever cares yeah. you got going on back home, and you just yeah. that tree right in front of you. Yep. Back to your roots. Yep. Right. Yep. It's kind of I think where we all want to get back to, but yep. technology's moving so damn fast, we don't even <laughs> we don't know what's going on. Thank goodness I'm not a technology buff. And yeah. I got too much into yeah. that. But. Cell phone's all you need in the computer, right? Yep. That'll do it for me. Less is more. But nowadays, boy, these kids. How about your kid on his cell phone? He's been pretty good. pretty good? You know, it seems to be getting a little worse lately. It's just every minute that thing's beeping or going off or Snapchat or this or that. And what are you doing with that phone? It's unbelievable, isn't it? It is unbelievable. So, Danny, that's their reality now. Whatever you're looking at, whatever's going on in your phone is creating all your thoughts and your emotions. Wow. So this is creating everything. And if you put this down, you know, what's out there? Yeah. But, yeah, but the, that's the way the world's going. you got to uh, keep up. Unreal. Crazy. Well, hey, any other thoughts? Anything else no. we didn't cover? No, I appreciate This is out of the blue. I mean, yeah. to get a call from you, and <laughs> to, you know, really, we talked three years ago about uh, yeah. business or whatever, yeah. and then you moved on, and I... You know, heard of a few things you're doing, but not really. Yeah. And so to get yeah. this call and to uh, invite me on this uh, program was awesome. Yeah, I really appreciate showing up, buddy. And uh, uh, I've looked up to you my whole life, and I appreciate you being a good well, man. Well, thank you're, you. You're very, 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 very kind human being, and uh, 
not a lot of those type of people on this planet, you know? And when you find one, uh, you're fortunate. So I, you know, I like to model myself after neat human beings like yourself. So again, I, I just want to say thanks. You've, you've always treated me like golden. I appreciate that. And you're a rock star. So rock stars pushing it, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to share a little bit more here. So, um, Here's one exercise, listeners, you can do uh, at home this week, and uh, it's going to be making diligent effort to go to dinner or lunch or an outing with a with a friend that you haven't seen in a while. Which I invited Danny on the show today, and I haven't seen him for three years. I was going to buy him lunch today, but he's got an appointment here in thirty minutes, forty five minutes. So I'm going to hit him up next week or the following week. But go hang out with a human being that's healthy, good that that treat you well and uh, being around humans is is a wonderful boost for your mind get your mind off of the doom and gloom you may be experiencing and and you know just get out and reconnect with somebody i know i got a few friends that are struggling don't leave their houses uh, often and boy getting out with human beings uh, is a life changer for me uh, the lift i get from their energy is uh, irreplaceable so um hope you guys enjoyed the mind's gym podcast uh, thanks so much for uh Uh, subscribing and tuning in. Please share this with your friends. And thanks again, Danny. Uh, You're the man. Got it. Thanks for having me. Peace out. This is Brandon Bickmore, your turbo lover, and this is the Mind Ship Podcast. And uh, we'll chat with you here again in a week.